Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm with the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And here I invite guests who, at some point in their life, realized that they were having a struggle with speaking in public. And it could be that fact that uh, perhaps they had some kind of family situation that prevented them from speaking up or learning how to be fully who they are, fully expressed early in life. Or it could be school teachers. You know, life brings circumstances and it's hard for us as little kids to find our voice and be really confident from early on. And then the people that I interview have had some kind of wake up, some kind of journey, some kind of discovery where they went yes to themselves and yes to life and now are able to share their gifts with this uh, wonderful world that we've got to offer our expertise. And today I have my friend, (laughs) my friend from a long time ago. And through the years have been watching each other grow our expertise and our authentic selves in the world. And this is Katarina Rando. And I'm going to read a little bit of her bio so you get to be familiar with all the things that she's done so far in her life. Katarina is a business mentor, sales trainer, and creator of the Expand Your Fempire app and host of the Expand Your Fempire podcast. Her books include Learn to Think Differently, released in over 13 countries and in several languages, A Woman's Guide to Starting a Giving Circle, and her latest book, The ABCs of Public Speaking, which quickly hit number one in four Amazon bestseller categories. Katerina leads the Thrive at Sales program, the Bliss Retreat for Women Leaders on a Mission, and the Sought-After Speaker Retreat, and more. She is also the founder of the Thriving Women in Business Center in San Francisco, a place for women to gather and host workshops. Plus, she also started the Thriving Women in Business Giving. So, Katerina, oh, I'm so happy to give you a platform today to tell your story. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Doreen. So happy to be with you. Yes. So what I like to do to start off is to explore, in your own words, the story about how you feel like early on, whenever it occurred for you, that you didn't have a voice. What was that about? I grew up in a house where my um my my mother had a lot of energy and she um, kind of ran the roost you know and there sometimes was more screaming than I, I would want and so i didn't always necessarily speak up because um 
I could ask an innocuous question like, you know, what's for dinner and get a nice answer or get screamed at. So I think that that's part of where I got um, more quiet than, than, than was natural for me. And also I went to Catholic schools and the nuns did not necessarily promote free expression and also I grew up as a plus size child and I was told from pretty early on that I wasn't okay. Not necessarily anybody said you're not okay, but they had a lot of other ways of saying you're not okay. And I found myself always being very shy and quiet and uh, often afraid to speak. And when I got to high school, Sometimes there was an option to do a written presentation or an oral presentation. And I seemed to take rather easily to the oral presentations and seemed to do very well. So I wasn't afraid of public speaking. In fact, I think the public speaking was what I was not afraid of it because somebody was giving me permission to talk, you know, as opposed to regular speaking, <laughs> where I felt more fear of speaking up. And um, so, so that's the thing, Doreen, I actually think that I started public speaking because I had permission to speak, uh, which is maybe the opposite of some people, but um, it's the, it was the small group, you know, speaking in front of people when I didn't feel that that it was okay to speak up. That was the problem. Oh, Katerina, that it makes so much sense. And I'm so glad uh, you're sharing your story today because uh, you're right. It's not something typically that people uh, come into the world and then uh, <laughs> feel like they found a platform, which is public speaking. But my goodness, I see the more intimate kind of expression of yourself um, having been hindered and kind of blocked, it seems like, first with a mother who is quite expressive and maybe critical. And then, of course, what we typically think of Catholic schools as being oppressive. So that that just makes total sense that the, the more um, personal environments was where you didn't get to grow your voice, but uh, when you actually had a platform where you can give a speech <laughs> it was hello and that and I love a word that you used about yourself natural you're natural you probably have been natural since a little baby girl <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I I remember when I was in high school I ran ran to be a student body officer and most people didn't know me because I wasn't very talkative but I gave a great speech at the assembly and I got elected and so that was probably makes me makes me cry because um I think that was maybe the first time I thought wow this is really something that I'm good at and um that I can be acknowledged for and so then I actually um I actually was worked at Planned Parenthood and I was their youth media spokesperson and it was a it was volunteer position, but sometimes I did make money. But then I did this TV appearance talking about Planned Parenthood and their teen clinic. 
And uh, one of the nuns from my school saw it. And then they told me I had to pick between being a media spokesperson for Planned Parenthood and being a student body officer. And so I, I got um, my voice silenced in that way because I picked being a student body officer over Planned Parenthood. And um, that was a hard decision, but, and I'm not sure if it was the right decision, but at the time I, that's the decision I made. And um, yeah, so, so then I pursued other ways to speak. And as you know, have been speaking for, for many, many years. And I'm so grateful for the platform to speak. Yeah. And it seems like we'll get into this later on when I open up that part of the discussion. Yeah. But you you are so real. I mean, just like right now, the vulnerability, the strength of vulnerability, I think, is what makes you so compelling. And that here we are talking about uh, something that brought up emotion for you and a memory. And it's real. I mean, you're not shying away from it. Hello, world. This is what's real for me right here, right now. And I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to let it out. And I'm not afraid to let myself out. And that's what I respect so much about you. Uh, You mentioned, you mentioned um, plus size. And is that something that was also happening during high school? Yeah, I've always been plus size since I was a kid. And I got a lot of pressure from my family. Um, I was sent to fat camp at 10 and sent to fat camp at 12. And, and uh, because I wanted to please my, my parents, particularly my father, he's the one who pressured me. Uh, you know, he was so worried that I wouldn't have a good life and so worried. And I felt that pressure and that worry so much. And because I was a little kid and I didn't, you know, have all the skills that we have as adults, I um, didn't, you know, was just being myself. And, and so I found other ways because I didn't know how to slim down. I found other ways to uh, be high achieving and daddy pleasing and, and, um, but, but the underlying message was, you know, it's not okay. It's you're not okay. And, you know, you're not, um, nobody said you're not beautiful just the way you are, but that was the message. And I remember having a lot of self loathing and, and self, you know, feeling like I'm not okay. And, and now when I look at a picture of myself, I think, wow, what a beautiful child and what a beautiful teenager and what a beautiful young woman, you know. Um, and I do feel beautiful today, but it took a long time. Yeah. And then that first high school experience where you went, yay, people <laughs> like me <laughs> after all. Right. It was yeah. the be- it was the beginning. And what that says is that. It, it does matter, actually, what people say to us and what they think about us and what uh, what we get back from society. But we have to we have to risk being ourselves. And I feel like in that speech you made for your student, you know, for the student body uh, was coming from you. And then they went, "Ooh, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> back. And uh, so 
what I, I hear that it's mostly the platforms that you found were speaking uh, began to be comfortable and natural, and that's where you found your voice. What else on your journey to find your voice would you say has yeah. made the big difference now? Well, you know, one thing that was very positive, Doreen, with my upbringing was my father was an engineer for the city, and he was a Toastmaster because he was an introverted person. You know, he was a techno person and he was introverted. So as a manager, he had to learn how to speak in public and go to the, you know, city hall and and talk to the commissions on different things. And so because he was a Toastmaster, he got into motivational tapes. And so at night I would go to his, his home office and I would sit and we would listen to, you know, Earl Nightingale and Nito Cobain and like all these old time uh, audio masters, you know. And I, I, I got the, uh, I got inspired. I learned a lot. I started to see the power of self-development and personal development, which is also something that is not really, uh, or when I went to school, it wasn't really taught. Definitely not in high school and and uh, with my undergraduate degree, definitely wasn't taught. Probably when I got my master's, we did have some of that. But as a young person, it was beautiful and wonderful. And so that turned me on to the whole idea of, you know, women empowerment, which is which is what I've dedicated my life to, although my focus is entrepreneurial. But that's where it comes from. That's where I um, got the bug. Yeah, well, that's uh, sweet, and what a wonderful image to at first have uh, a, a father that you feel like you have to please, and then a father yeah. you're sharing of all things. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, my dad's a great guy, you know, um, and I know that my parents did the best they can, and I love them, and I'm grateful for it. But you know, um, I think that I think, and, and maybe when I grew up at least Doreen, there was a ton of pressure, I think, for my parents to feel like they were being good parents, you know, and maybe because of our Italian culture. Um, but they had, you know, they had their pressures too. Yeah. Yeah. Were you the only child? No, I have a sister who's older, um, but, but she was the troublemaker. I was the good kid. So, um, you know, we kind of had our roles also. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the joining with your father to begin a journey of discovery, yeah. and, mm-hmm. it, and it felt like it helped you go inward to, mm-hmm. to really see that that's where your power is. And yeah. now, now you're talking about, uh, you said women empowerment. Yeah. Uh Say more about that, what that means. Well, you know, I'm born on International Women's Day, which is March 8th. I take that as a divine appointment um, to dedicate my life to uplifting women, because when you uplift a woman, you uplift her kids, her family, her community. That's really what the studies show. And that women have been acculturated and are still acculturated in many societies that they're not strong and powerful and amazing and awesome. And I believe that they are. And I want everyone woman to know that she matters, 
that she has massive value to bring, and that she can uplift the lives of others with her voice and with her massive value. And that's what my work is all about. Let's underline massive value. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, using that as a very positive image of each person that uh, would ever think less of themselves is that massive. I love that word, massive, <laughs> massive value, which is also massive uh, power. And that's what empowering means. Well, anything else you'd like to say about the discovery of voice for yourself or for those you work with? I, um, as a, I mean, it's so funny, Doreen, because today I do feel beautiful, strong, powerful, confident, command a room, no problem, even a social situation. <laughs> and when I started, I remember I was in a room once at a conference, like a round table and, and everyone was saying, you know, what did they want to do? What was they're going to be doing? And I said, I want to be a speaker. <laughs> and this guy that was running the table, he leans across the table. He says to me, well, honey, if you want to be a speaker, you better learn how to speak up. <laughs> and it was very, so funny. I can laugh now, but it was very stinging at the time because it is a journey to go from shy to loud and proud from I'm not sure if I'm okay to I'm awesome. You know, it's a journey and it's been my privilege to be on this journey. I've been doing my thing since my late twenties and it's so wonderful in one sense during to watch the years go by and every year feel more confident, stronger, more, uh, with more massive value. You know, I, I did a clubhouse room last night and I was talking about ladies were asking me about a topic. I was talking about get booked for speaking, but they were asking me about a topic that I don't really usually talk much about. And uh, I had so much to say. And then I said to them, you know, I'm like Jesus with the loaves and the fishes. And I really do feel that way. Like I have an endless supply of value to bring. And that comes with experience. It comes with really working your craft and doing your thing over and over and over. And that's why I want everyone to know that it's not about getting started. It's about getting to mastery because when we start, you know, um, like I, you know, part of what I teach is sales and ladies will say, Oh my God, I don't want to pick up the phone. Blah, blah. Well, how do you think you're ever going to get good if you're not willing to talk to people? You know, how do you think you get good at speaking if you're trying to wait till you're perfect before you get on stage, right? So the journey is wonderful and I have enjoyed mine. Yeah, the journey and you're talking about encouraging people to step into the journey and right. to not see it as, oh, uh, focus only on the goal, but to right. just uh, be engaged with the first step. And yeah. it feels like, the first step, and partly what I think I've learned from you, is that the first step leads to the next step. And then right. all you have to do is take the next step. And it's really uh, not so much about um, having to plan each step that you're going to take, although there are a lot of programs that talk about that. But this is, uh, you know, the the unfolding and the discovery of what is who you are and what's possible. Yeah. Uh, 
Doreen, you're making me think I have a client. She lives in Florida. And this last week, she did her first Zoom workshop, which is something I teach all my ladies to do, because especially during the pandemic, you know, you got to generate some revenue and Zoom workshops are a great way to do it. She stutters. She still did her first Zoom workshop. Mm -hmm. She loved it. She's got her second one scheduled. And, you know, it is about progress. It's not about perfection. And especially for, well, for all of us, people are not necessarily paying attention how many ums you have or anything like that. They're looking at really connecting with us and being authentic with us, us being authentic through our speaking. And also, of course, they're looking at what's in it for them, right? So perfection is not required to public speak or to have a platform. It's important to get the, get the, get the journey going, get yourself going, because it is in doing it that we move towards mastery, not in getting ready to get ready. Oh, that's uh, I, I could say that's the last line, but I'm not going to because I want to I want to give people how how to get hold of you, because obviously you offer and have programs and can guide people either to take that first step. And once yeah. they have guide them on their journey. So how do they find you? Well, KatarinaRando.com is my website, KatarinaRando.com. And also, I love to get Facebook messages. I love to get uh, a clubhouse. I, I'm very into clubhouse. And I know you're on LinkedIn, my friend. I have LinkedIn too. I'm checking it more and more. I do want to let people know that I have a Get Booked for Speaking Masterclass series all about getting booked that people can come to. And in September, we have our Shiro Speaker Summit, which is about using your voice for good and how to be loud and proud with your massive value. And also it's about monetizing your speaking and all the different ways to do that. There's a lot of different ways to monetize your speaking, not just one. Mm -hmm. Well, then KatarinaRando.com. Is that, yeah. I think that's a, a good way to um, reach you plus social media. And yeah. before we, before I sign off here, I want to, two things. First, I just want to, from my heart, uh, give you a big hug, a virtual hug here for the oh, beauty. Perfect. I mean, if people could see, uh, this is it. For people who are on the podcast listening, I have to tell you, this woman is um, a brilliance, just shining. And if you get a chance, go to YouTube because you want to see her because she's so beautiful. <laughs> You're so sweet, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. I told you, my friend, I'm looking for my new boyfriend. So all referrals are welcome. Okay. Okay. So uh, one final word around finding Actually, your voice. Well, I have something I want to say because you were so kind to acknowledge my authenticity. I want to encourage everyone to wear their cape. Cape stands for certainty, authenticity, positivity, and enthusiasm. Wear your cape when you speak. And that means be yourself, you know, and believe that you have massive value. That's the certainty. Your authenticity is, you know, whatever you're feeling, however you're being, that's okay. That people love authenticity. They're looking for authenticity. You don't have to be a, a, a razzle-dazzle speaker. You be yourself. 
And that is what connects with people. It's not just about the words. It's about our ability to create connection that has people get value from our speaking. And then, of course, positivity. You know, do your best to to be uplifting. <laughs> you want people to be more uplifted when after you talk than before you talk, okay? You don't want to be making people depresso. You're doing something wrong if that's what's happening. And then, of course, enthusiasm is bringing a little extra energy when you present so that you can command the room with more ease. Mm-hmm. Well, you've affected me in all of the. You certainly have worn your cape today. And Thank you. Especially the, I feel I'm leaving with uh, uplift, which is the positivity that that shines. Thank you, Katerina. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.